Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Secret Bayesian Man. Secret Bayesian Man. Yeah. What's his first name? Oh, yeah. What's up? It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Ahmed Farid is here. That's why you listen to us. Well, you listen to us maybe for some fun things in football. Certainly not singing. Okay? We sound like idiots right there for sure. That was give me give me the headlines on Sunday night. So yeah. we were both delirious and having fun with Tyson Bajant, who was secret Bajant, man. Yeah. Secret agent number 17 playing quarterback. We'll see him this week. But welcome, to, uh, welcome everybody. We are here for the what the fuck happened podcast and if you have a kid in the car and it's pg-13 it's ahmed farid's treasure hunter podcast <laughs> what's up everybody but Hope it's you're too good. late you've already turned it off i've now. already sweared you're too late hopefully they bleep that part out and your kids uh don't learn that word um, uh, pete <laughs> says that hyundai has reached out to us okay they want to change the segment to sing me the headlines presented wow. by Hyundai. Is that real? Is that real, Pete? Uh, oh, okay. No, that's not real. <laughs> Pete, you can't do that to yeah, us live we on actually air. We're thought, not sure. Even though we were self-deprecating and oh, said yeah. it sounded terrible, we in our brains think it could sound pretty good if we tried. Well, I think that like maybe they like terrible. Sometimes terrible plays well in 2023. Like <laughs> I, I see things all the time that are terrible, and I'm yeah. like... This is a popular thing. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes it good. You this know? guy is popular. He's terrible. It's oh not my refined. Gosh. They're not trying to be good. They're yes, not trying to right, be funny. Right. It's just like, well, they're not funny. I'm going to let you know that right now. Uh, yeah, treasure hunters yes. for your kids out there. Uh, what the F happened? Uh, we're looking for some golden nuggets here. We're going to pare it down. You looked deeply into a couple of matchups yeah, here. Right. We're going to do that, So okay. it's uh, which I, I like the games we picked here, too. It's like the Dolphins were on this historic pace with their offense, so how did the Eagles slow them? down and the Browns on the other end on a historic pace with their defense and what did the Colts do to gash them yeah there's some interesting things to be talked about there for sure we'll look at that for some reason we're looking at Ravens Lions again I thought we covered that pretty well on Sunday night we got a deep dive that ass whooping right there we'll see if we have time we (laughs) might not have time for that Uh, we're going to throw an ask me anything in here which I think is rightly deserved by the homies yeah we've been too long we've we've neglected them for for a long time here so we got to get them involved and hopefully we can answer some questions and have some fun there we asked you guys out there, what's the one thing in the NFL that you cannot wrap your head around? So we got some really good questions, and hopefully uh, Chris will help you wrap your head. Yes. Right? Which seems like like not good, actually, like wrapping a head. It's like, hey, I just wrapped your head. Be like, oh, that's a bad well, thing. You're just, your brain's consumed. You've consumed your brain that has subject, consumed it. right? It's like with my brain's all over this. I've wrapped around it, and now I understand yeah, it. Yeah, if you picture it in your head, it looks terrible. But, uh, yeah, the, the saying does make sense. And then responses to your 
tweet that you sent out that Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and A.J. Uh-oh, Brown are your top three wide receivers. Yep. No controversy on that, of I'm course. Sure. Uh, I'm but sure. we'll start with a deep dive, our film review, what the F happened, and let's start with the Dolphins uh, on offense and the Eagles slowing them down somehow. You have multiple reasons why you think that was. You said on Sunday night, you know, it's like size can beat speed, you know, yes. so it's like that seems what the, the Eagles have done here, but you looked at the nitty-gritty, exactly how they did that. Was it scheme? Was it just putting the dudes out there and slowing down those fast guys? And so I, I guess let's just start with what's your big takeaway? How did the Eagles, from a macro standpoint, yeah. slow down the I, Dolphins? It, well, it, it is. Size beats speed, 100%. And in and, and saying that, too, like, I know we, you know Philly is an is a all time size team up front. Like it, I'm not like embellishing and going. I've been around football, you know that since the '80s, and watched the old Philadelphia Eagles and Reggie White and the Giants and the Cowboys of the '90s and all that. Scouting like, thighs, front, and, scouting thighs and butts ex- for a long exactly time. Exactly right. I've been doing that. You know that's something my dad taught me in an early <laughs> age. And their size is is extraordinary on both sides of the ball, and that's where they compromise teams. But then even when you say that too, right? We watched the Dolphins speed blah 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 yes we know that it's not like philly's slow philly's fast at the right positions right so they have an unbelievable combination but their ability up front and let's just start right there and why if you had to make like like you said the macro assessment would be that philly's front posed so many problems for Miami's offensive line, right, that they were able to basically go, we're going to let our defensive line ruin the football game. We're going to play really conservative in the back end and just be soft zone, keep you in front of us, and we think we'll rally and make the tackle because you're going to have to get it out quick because our guys are going to get to your quarterback in a hurry, right? Or if you do try to wait for something down the field, we're going to be down there, and of course we think our pass rush will get there too to ruin that as well. So that's where it starts. Eagles specialness up front. It's part of the magic of the Eagles because they blitz 23% of the time. That is the sixth lowest rate in the NFL. And against the Dolphins on Sunday night on NBC? Right. 13.9% 13.9% of the go. time. That's right. And 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 within within that, and I might be wrong, you know, I'm watching the film, I'm watching a bunch of stuff. I I'm going to say in the first half of the football game, man-to-man coverage, I don't know, maybe it was two plays. The only play I really thought was truly man-to-man, you know, and again, maybe I needed to go back. I was a little too far down the road to go, wait. Was you know, I felt like it was the first play, but the the fade go route down the left sideline right before the halftime to Tyree Kill. That, I felt like, was about the only play of man-to-man coverage the whole first half of the football game. So that shows you that they never had to compromise themselves or worry or put themselves in a position. And even on that, they double-teamed Tyree Kill, and it was going kind of one of those where he split them, and they were like, wait, we, we, I had inside, you had outside, but who had when he went straight? You know, It was kind of one of those things, like which way did he go? Uh, but that, I think, is, yes, the key to the game and the key to Philadelphia and what makes them – so awesome and what makes them a tough matchup for Miami and it's something we're going to watch as we go forward yeah this is two teams where when Buffalo was healthy on the D-line with depth Eagles healthy on their D-line with depth we saw that a a Miami Dolphins offense does not look the same when they when they have those type of challenges so you noted Jalen Carter as you have basically every time you've watched him play you noted Josh Sweat making it life difficult for the Dolphins so so was this again a case of the Eagles are just are just better 
they're going to do this to most teams? Or do you think that the that the Dolphins have a specific problem in pass protection? I think they have a specific problem in pass protection that they can probably get away with with most most teams in football because mm-hmm. of their offense and all the moving parts and all that, right? But not against teams like Philadelphia. Right, it would, it, it's something that we definitely all have to watch moving forward to see where this kind of goes Interesting. with this. Because I, I do think, I do think, if you made me sit here today and go, I think any time they play in a, an elite D line, life can be an issue for their offense. It's not going to look like what we think it should look like, or what right. it looks when they when they feast on the middle class or the the lower class of the NFL. Right, uh, and 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 in this game too, you know. They had no run to take the pressure off of. First and second down, for the most part, especially early on in the football game, it was five-man fronts. They were just went, we're going to play five-man front. You're not going to get the edge on us. You're not going to have, you know, Waddle's not going to be able to crack Hassan Reddick or Josh Sweat. We're going to run right through him if you try to run outside. So they couldn't do there. And, of course, on the interior part of the offensive line, they had no chance of moving those guys. Yeah. No, no chance. I mean, again, like you said, Jalen Carter's special – Fletcher Cox is really good. Number seven, Hassan Reddick is awesome on the edge, along with Josh Schwett, uh, along with you know the rest of the cast of characters. Jordan Davis is a handful, too, in the middle. You said they wanted to run outside a couple of times versus that five-man front, and you did note Hassan Reddick is just jacking up both those plays. They, they were ready for it. You know, you know, Again, if I've been telling you the last few weeks, right, hey, when you smash people inside on defense and try to take away the inside run, they smash you in there and try to get on the edge. Well, there's seeing that they understand that and they've seen so many teams whether it was the Broncos or wherever where we've broken down on the podcast where you'd go is somebody going to set the edge against you know the the Miami Dolphins are we just going to let Raheem Mostert run outside and get a 15 yard head start so he can look fast running down the sideline right they were not going to let that happen and their physicality and athleticism on the edge and then you know again of course when they're out of the game it's like oh oh gosh they're out of the game oh wait it's still Brandon Graham and Barnett out here like who were are also very good and would you know Barnett would probably be a starter on most teams in football Brandon Graham's a, a, a really high-end backup defense end so there's no let up with that group and what they do but but I can't sit here and say that like I know everybody wants to hear like oh what did they do they must have done something revolutionary here no they did uh we're bigger than you um we're not going to let you run on first and second down. And then on third down, you know, we're hoping at that point we have you in third and four or more, and now our front four will get there and we'll still be able to play zone coverages and make you pat the ball and do whatever else, and you won't be able to get the ball out of your hand quick. How many teams can do that to the Dolphins? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Eagles? Eagles, of course. 49ers could. Bills? Bills could if they're totally healthy, which they're not right now. But uh, yes, and they're in their prime. Yes, I look at a team like Jacksonville; they probably could do that to the Dolphins. I look at Cleveland; they could do it. Um, Dallas could probably do it as well. Be a little different for Dallas just because they're not as big, so it might not be quite yeah. the mismatch there up front. I'm missing some. Oh, the Ravens. The Ravens would would pose some of those same problems as well, uh, as far as just. 
you know, such an elite group. Like, your Lions are really good up front, but I don't know if I'm going to put them in the class of those guys quite sure. yet to say they can just ruin a game to the same capacity maybe we just talked about with some of those other football teams. Well, even, like, your Giants are pretty good up front. The, you know? yeah, the Giants, you're right. The Giants would be a team that certainly and – well, and, and we saw the Giants gave the Dolphins some issues in their game. Right? They did. It wasn't just, like, an, an easy track meet there for a while. Yeah. The Giants' offense was the problem in that football game. We're down. But I think, yeah, I think we hit um, – you know, really, the, the for the most part, the teams that you know, I would kind of put in that category. Kansas City could maybe become close, but I don't think they're I don't think they're up front in the same category as some of the teams we just talked about either. The depth outside yeah, of a Chris right. Jones or yeah. something like that. Yeah. All right. So, what did this pressure do to Tua? What it, did you notice with him? Well, I, I think one, you know. Because of this, like, okay, some of the screens and edge plays, hey, get the receiver ball here and all that, since they were, you know, all playing zone and kind of off the ball, they were all able to kind of see the play and then rally to it, right? So then even, like, if they did anything like that, okay, there wasn't much anywhere to run, let alone, like I talked about already, Philadelphia is, is very fast, okay? Um, I think the other thing, too, is, yeah, it, it was hard for them, I think, to dial up pass plays down the field, let alone I don't think Tua was feeling all that comfortable throughout the night because he had people around him a lot. So that that in itself, he wasn't going to pat the ball an extra time and go, well, let me see if Tyreek runs by this safety, you know, 15 yards downfield. Let me wait for this. So he had to rush things. They weren't able to let plays develop that way. I think then the play caller in McDaniel is also a little reluctant to be aggressive that way. And yeah, it, it put issues. And, you know, where did I write, write it? I wrote it somewhere at one point here where you know uh it's 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 let me just see if i can get to it here because i I had a spot where or something i wanted to say a direct quote from your notebook yes well it just it's the it's too uncomfortable Mm -hmm. right he's jumpy you know he's looking at the first guy and he wants to get it out right and Tua also you know he's not the kind of guy in this type of game where he's gonna you know, again, this is where a size quarterback would be different, you know. Even like when Mahomes back in the Super Bowl against Philadelphia, the pocket's collapsing. Hey, I'll stand in there and wait a few, uh, one extra little tick here to throw the ball 15 or 20 yards down the field. Tua wasn't going to let them have a field day on him and just clean him out like that. So that affected, you know, decisions and things as well yeah. uh, for, the, for the Miami offense. He did throw one interception in the game. When did that happen? The that, interception that was, that thir- was uh, oh, that was down by the goal yeah, line. Yeah, Second that was half. late third quarter, right? Oh, yeah. Was that late, maybe early fourth quarter right there? That's yes. right. So this is a good time yeah. to go inside the the notebook brought to you by nobody. Yeah, we're still looking for a sponsor. We go inside Chris's notebook. Maybe that's because the penmanship is not quite good enough yet. Maybe you need a little bit more clear writing. I don't know. <laughs> you think that's the reason I don't know? Or like a, we talked about we in the beginning of it, that's here. the charm of it, right? It's like, what is he saying here? I think I can kind of make out this. So if you're watching on Peacock or YouTube, play along with us and try to read Chris's writing. That's what Pete and I do every uh, Tuesday night. So here's, here's a play you diagram. This is the the interception one. This was what was it, Pete? Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty left in the fourth quarter. Right. Down by the goal line. This interception happened right by the goal line um, here. So, Chris, take us through your notes and what you noticed on that play. Well, yeah, big play, big moment in the football game, right? Because they're they're trying to keep pace. You know, they're trying to keep up with with the Philadelphia Eagles here. Uh, life is hard as is, and have a pretty good play call where. You know, if you if you're looking at my notebook, really they're running a double move off a play that they run quite often. Where okay, it's three receivers to the left. Okay, now to the right it's two receivers. 
the inside receiver, it's Mostert, and the outside receiver is Waddle. And a lot of the times there in their offense, you know, we called this like read, halfback read, or uh, we had different, you know, uh, language for it in certain offenses. But either way, really what the play is, is the halfback's reading the leverage in which the linebacker is playing him, right? If there's a zone and nobody's around him, he's just going to turn around and sit there. And then Waddle's going to run a a 12-yard in-cut, 14-yard in-cut right behind it. And if it's zone, what you do is you kind of go, wait, linebacker, do you want to get depth and stop Waddle? Then I'm going to hit Mozart underneath. Oh, you know, linebacker, you want to get aggressive on Mozart? Oh, then I'm going to hit Waddle behind you. If he plays man-to-man, he's got to kind of read the leverage of how he's being played. And, you know, more more times than not, they take away the inside, they come up, and they break out, and it becomes like a five-yard out route by Mozart, and Waddle still runs the in-cut. Right, so they got to kind of get that type of look. It's man, sure. it's man to man. So you know the 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 linebacker covering him plays him like, hey, you're not going inside, you know. And so he kind of goes up and acts like he's going to break out, and then he goes up. So now the linebacker goes, oh no! And then, of course he kind of makes an aggressive move to stop that little out route. All right, and now he goes up on basically like a out and go, right? Yeah. And I draw this in my corner of the end zone, trying to go to the corner of the exactly. end zone. Exactly, going like to like the, almost the front pile on there. Sure. And where Waddle, and where the play gets messed up, and why Darius Slide gets the interception, Waddle on his in-cut, on this type of play here, more times than not, is for like a two-deep coverage, more than not. He needs to stay straight. Right, he needs to go more towards the middle of the field. Go towards the the free safety that's there, yeah. the goalpost, whatever. Yep. Right, so now he's taking Slay, who's covering him there, and he's keeping the safety in the middle of the field. But for whatever reason, he works his way back outside and brings everybody over there to Mozart. And Slay, who's covering Waddle, and now has safety there, too, to help him, he kind of turns around to go, wait, we got people everywhere. Where's the ball? And as he looks, the ball's floating up in the air, and he goes and gets the interception. Hmm. And that was, to me, yeah, you know, again, you'd like to tell, too, hey, see throws, make sure we don't let one their mistake become our mistake, right, all of that. But that's still, that's tough because you're reading the double move and you're going, oh, wait, he got him, let me get it out and throw a softball, let him go run underneath it. And Waddle kind of screwed him over and brings coverage over there, and that led to the interception. That was kind of night-night for the football game. Yeah, it just got him uncomfortable, it seemed like, all night. A couple other things you noted here. They showed the illusion of the blitz, but they, still they just rushed forward. They were better that way, right. You know how we talked about that, the Rams game? We were like, you know, it, it was like in that game, it was like it's either blitz and they just show it or it's like four man and it's just zone. And yeah. like I'm like, wait, you're, you know, give your guys a little advantage. Have a linebacker stand in the B gap every now and then just so they have to go, whoa, we have to worry about him. And then you drop out and do all that. That to me is when they're at their best. So they did that, you know, quite a few times in the football game. You're right. Um, go ahead. I didn't mean to. What else did you anything else you wanted to rattle off there? And then the Dolphins started doing some in the third quarter, some reverses, their double pass kind of things. It's like they they were at that point what did that tell you that told me that they knew their normal offense wasn't going wasn't working right that to me when you start to see that many trick plays and you're getting away from the meat and potatoes of your offense you're fishing you're like we can't find anything to kind of get us going double passes reverses all that mm-hmm. you know that all was going on there and that just tells me yes that they were worried you know and then you know sustained drives in, in as a whole in the football game 
you know, they weren't they were few and far between from the Dolphins. I mean, let's be serious. They had a pick six. They got the ball uh, and had a seven play one yard drive. Okay, seven play one yard drive after the Turts fumble. Uh-huh. You know, they had the end of the first half drive and the drive we just talked about where he threw the interception, and that was all you had to talk about of the whole game. Right. And that's where, you know, you break down the game. It was just a series of plays. There was no sustained, sustained drives. It was 244 yards of total offense. There was two runs to talk about. There was two or three pop slants, what I call, where like they kind of it's like not a three step slant. It's a five step slant. And they kind of hit people in the second window because of the zone coverage. And I, I even draw a few plays out that my know there was a third and 18 out route and the, the go route before the half to Tyree kill. I mean, you break the game down and it was really about those six or seven plays and there wasn't much else offense to talk about for the Miami Dolphins. How did the Eagles one final thing here, yeah. how did they handle the motion of Miami, all the stuff they do and we talked about last year a little bit, this was an Achilles right. heel for the Eagles, yes. how did they handle it Yeah, they're game? not that way, they're not trying to like last year, Gannon could be like and you know I'm we're even singing his praises, right, with Gannon and what he's doing in Arizona. Yeah. They could almost be over-aggressive where they were like, we're going to squash everything. You try to throw it one yard behind the line of scrimmage, we're going to tackle you one yard behind the line of scrimmage. You try to throw it here four yards, we're, gonna, we're not going to let you throw it four yards, right? So they almost too aggressive to a point. The Eagles are not that way this year. I think they're looking at it a little bit like, if we be a little conservative on the back end, our front four is going to make enough havoc to where team goes on a 10-play drive, I'm going to bet one of our badass motherfuckers up front is going to make something bad happen and tip a pass, strip sack fumble, hit the quarterback while he's throwing the ball, make him rush in a decision, right? Yeah. I think they're playing that approach. So Pete asked me the same question. He's like, what did they do with all the motion? And I said, you know, you know what they did? They just fucking sat there. They were literally – there's some plays where you're like, it's first and ten. They got a five-man front, and the whole secondary, the first DB is like six yards off the ball, right? There's nobody in front of that. So the motions, all that, they talked like, hey, he's going over there. He's going over here, right? The, but they were in such simple zones and not really doing anything complicated that they could kind of just sit back and wait and go, let's see where they line up. And when they line up, we kind of know what they want to do and we'll react off of that. But they weren't going to put or try to do anything super aggressive and give those you know speedy dudes uh, some chances. Some, and they have a team that they don't have to take exactly. those risks. Yeah, sure. And that's huge. They were bigger. They were more physical. And they were almost as fast exactly as the Dolphins right. on offense when you flip the page over to the defense yeah could you almost use the exact same headline Uh, almost really i mean it's almost the same type of thing the size of the philadelphia eagles compromised the dolphins in such a way that they had a worry all the time about we're going to get bludgeoned in the run game we're going to get bludgeoned in the run game and then therefore it becomes very simple again in the back end with coverages and you're not going to beat Philadelphia simple in the back end with coverages. Mm. It's just not going to happen. So yes, very similar aspect in that way too. Um, You know, and their offense. Yeah. You know, you look at big picture team play offense, complement defense, right? Okay. The defense had a good feel for the offense. And then the other thing did the offense controlled the ball and kept that Miami offense off the field. So they never got in rhythm and never got their speed guys going as well. But I never felt at any point in this game, I know Hurts fumbled when he 
you know, got strip, strip sacked. He had like seven seconds to throw the ball. He just, when you move up in the pocket like that, you know, put two hands on it. He kind of had one hand on it, um, right? He had the, the, the interception uh, and, and on the, he's going to learn a little RPO, read option RPO. He's about to throw it to A.J. Brown. And this is where Hertz needs to develop some sidearm throws and some different platform throws. That's definitely one of the negatives about his game. He doesn't really do that. So he tried to just throw it through Kahoo. And Kahoo was like, no, I'm here. You can't actually throw it. I'm a real person. That's interesting you <laughs> mentioned that because I really i am trying to think back you on can't times think of where I've seen times Hertz. him do that, right? You know? And you think that is a that is a weapon that quarterbacks need nowadays. A hundred percent. He doesn't need it as much because he's usually protected really well. But if you're going to run those RPOs and screens out there and all that, and it's a part of their offense like it is, he's going to continue to see people come off the edge like that because that's that's going to be the answer. We can't stop everything, so let's just see if we can get his face and make him make him throw the ball quick, do whatever. And yeah, that's where he needs to develop a little. Hey, boom! Right out the you know underneath the guy's arm, sidearm to. AJ Brown. He does that. Yeah, that'll you know add another two or three, four completions to uh, to his to his game on a, on a weekly basis. All right. So the Dolphins did try to stop the run. I think they did actually a, a decent job because it was thirty four carries, ninety nine yards. Yeah. That's two point nine yards yes. per carry. That's that's pretty good. And so yeah. they committed a bunch of guys up front to try to do that. What did that do though ultimately for for the Dolphins when they played? It, like it just that? had they had to go two wall in on that, and the fact that. And another thing we've talked about with Philadelphia a little even last week, they stayed patient with the run. Even though it wasn't like, okay, we're gashing them or whatever else, they made sure, hey, we're going to keep running the ball, so you have to keep calling these run defenses. And they go, Coach, why are we doing this? Chris is going to crush us on the pot if we don't, so I know it's not working. In reality, uh, yes, that might happen, but the real reality is that they're also going, we just want to keep doing that because we're going to get some looks downfield to where we're going to tear them apart. You know, throwing the football, and I think that's the big thing. You know, it, it simplified Vic Fangio, and that they were limited in, you know, how creative they could be in the back end because they had to worry about run fits and getting up there, and and of course, you know, in any situation that even had the slightest chance of running the ball, they had to play five man fronts, and they didn't want to play five man fronts, and even with those five man fronts, you know, it was still hard for them to stop the run. Were there any players for the Dolphins on defense? And we've talked about them before with the Christian Wilkins, and they've got some star power. They do. Bradley they Chubb. do. Was there anyone that stood out in this game for you? David Long is one Linebacker. that I'll say right fifty one that flies around and you know really pops almost on a weekly basis and is kind of one of their unsung heroes of their their football team. Wilkins, like you talked about, he played solid. I mean, he was a big part of the reason the average yards per rush wasn't all that great. I mean, but not enough game wreckers on Miami quite yet. You know, Not enough guys where, hey, yeah, you're kind of doing your job, but they still smashed it in there and got three or four yards, where it's Philadelphia. It's like, yeah, you're doing your job, but you threw the guy off you and hit the guy in the backfield for a four-yard loss, right? There's a difference there in that. And well, the guy I came to is Jalen Phillips, of course. Jalen yeah. Phillips was the one guy consistently when they rushed for that could push the pocket and was around him. I know Bradley Chubb got the strip sack, but like I just told you, that was Jalen Hurts held the ball for seven seconds. I'm not sure what he saw on that play because he had DeAndre slipped wide open. I think maybe the guard and defensive tackle might have gotten his vision a little bit because he had him for an easy first down, and then Chubb got it. But yeah, for my money, Jalen Phillips is the guy on that defense. He is. It's hard to watch them and not look at him and go 
he is phenomenal, and he was the only guy throughout the game that could push Lane Johnson back on a consistent, you know, on a consistent basis. He yep. certainly had some of his wins, um, but yeah, the size of Philly was definitely an issue, you know, overall for the Miami Dolphins. Let me look at one more thing here with yeah. uh, Jalen Hurts and specifically how he has handled the blitz this season. Uh, the percentage of times that he has been blitzed this season is forty-two point seven percent. That is the third highest rate uh, in the NFL. Um, he has not been great against the Blitz. In fact, he has made some of his mistakes yeah. when he's been pressured here. Five interceptions versus the Blitz. No other quarterback has more than three interceptions. He has been blitzed a lot, though, so you've got to take that into account. Yes. But are you noticing any bad habits when there's pressure applied to Jalen Hurts? Uh, yeah. I think, one, the big, the, the, I think teams look at it. You've got to be – you've got to have some tactical gambles against the Eagles, right? Sure. Because they're so good. I think also you look at it and doesn't always go right to the right place with the ball in some of these moments, nor sometimes are their answers all that great. Unless they have a screen pass to the wide receiver or tight end dialed up, right? Uh, a little bit like the Goddard touchdown, which that's was that. But again, that's they've already called that on the sideline because they're expecting the blitz. Their answers aren't all that scary, right? There's some teams where they get blitz and you go, oh, you know, you see one or two plays and you go, well, they won't call that again because they had a cute little wrinkle there to screw over that blitz. The Eagles, it's, 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 yeah, they might throw a slant or do something, but it's nothing like where I think teams are like, oh, man, if they do this, he'll get them into this play and, oh, no, and then we'll be screwed in the blitz or whatever else. They kind of just kind of run their offense and tell them to get it out. And yeah. I think because of that, that kind of emboldens teams to blitz a little bit. And he's got a little bit of a tendency right now of and maybe this is where you were we're talking about right is look at the first guy and then kind of if it's not open scramble there's a few times in the game and I know this last week and I knew it le- the week before where I want to go wait wait you're good you're protected just stay there you're good and he's shown the ability to do this in the past it's just lately I feel like he's been like now let me get out of the pocket I'm gonna go no, no, no I know AJ wasn't open but here comes Devontae just hang in there and throw the ball you know there was definitely a few plays in the game where I felt like he could have got to the second read and probably gashed them a little bit sure and and, and kind of moved on and was looking to move and and get out of the pocket a little do we have a screenshot here Pete that indicates that is this the 33 yard pass to AJ Brown? Is this uh, is this what we're talking about here, Pete? So Pete says yeah. So here's the first read. Looks like he's going to throw it, right? Uh, but he does not. So this is this is a great example. So there, yes, and and, he, and okay. So he shouldn't throw this because you see the inside defender, right? He's got his eyes on Hurts. He's ready to drive on the ball. So it's going to be a bang bang play, or AJ Brown's going to get his head knocked off as he catches the football, right? Mm-hmm. But here, now let's go to the next frame. Now what they have is Goddard running, Goddard running an out route, right? This is the coverage you you teach all week to go. Hey, they do this and they collapse on the under route by A.J. Brown, you just throw the ball outside the numbers there, a 12-yard out route, and you're going to hit Goddard for a first down. But look, the pocket is absolutely clean, right? And he's already tucking the ball and looking to run and scramble. And he makes a great play and gets out to the pocket and runs to the right and throws it to A.J. Brown and gets the completion, and that's all fine and and dandy and and a good play by him. My point is, as you hear me say a lot, yeah, you might get away with it against Miami, 
But are you going to get against well, you know, you, you don't want to get in habits like that because you're not going to get away with it against the 49ers or the Ravens or some of the teams we talk about that we know have really big-time defenses and you, know, you might not be able to get out yeah. of the pocket or and do whatever And it's a harder else. play. Things have to go well. You've got to exactly. elude the rush. You exactly know, it's just a more right. There's, there's some things that can go on there. But, yeah, that was an example, I thought, that kind of painted the picture of, you know, again, great play by him, but the normal rhythm of the offense gave you a completion – and, you know, you pass that stuff up too many times, usually, you know, bad things will happen more times than not. I like that. That was, uh, like I that? think that was comprehensive. Good. Uh, uh, Good. Well done. The Eagles are at the Commanders. They went to overtime in Philly just a month ago. So we'll see if uh, Washington, I feel like Washington is playing worse significantly at this point. I don't know if this game will be as I close. Agreed. Agreed. Washington's falling apart. And, and I feel like the Eagles, that was a get your attention week where it was like, whoa, they're kind of good. We better be on our game. And I, I think this is something that can, you know, ignite the Eagles a little bit. The Eagles played that game the right way. The defense played it the right way. And then their offense was patient. They did not look for big plays. They were going to run the ball, and we're just going to take high-percentage passes. And it felt like they were very confident the whole night that they could play that way, and we'll move the ball six yards at a play, and we'll go down the field. And they really did. You know, they just had some mistakes that were, you know, in my mind, almost kind of self-inflicted. It wasn't where sure. I was like, oh, the Dolphins. You know, again, if you have seven seconds to throw the football and then get strip sacked, that's not a, you know, a Dolphins, oh, wow, they did it. That's a Eagles, you know, he should have ran or throw the ball away or found another completion already, right? And I, so I don't – there's a difference there in that. And, and there's context to that strip sack fumble, you know, that doesn't translate to, oh, yeah, they were dominating the game. Look, they strip sack fumble them, right? No, not at all. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Dolphins are going to try to get right against the New England Patriots. The Dolphins won 24-17 in New England back in week two. A lot of uh, rematches already early on in the early season. Early on. I've noticed and, here. Yeah. Patriots, I know, right? Their I feel defense like, will have the right formula for it. They've got know? a good – they've got – I mean, New England probably. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers say. But I would think that they are a top five-ish on the borderline defense, do you think? Well, they're probably not. Oh, if they're secondary. Se- if their secondary wasn't beat up. I know. You know, that, that's, that's the problem. Yeah. But 
But at full strength and with a full Matthew Judon. Which they don't have. They don't have. <laughs> it, but there's still things. Listen, yes. again, you're not like – there's things to admire about mm-hmm. that, de- that defense in New England. They will. I mean, th- again, yeah. they're better than what their stats say. They are the old adage of Pete what we just say. just is bearing home the point. They're bottom 10 in yards per play. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just saying if they're fully healthy and then add a couple more Hall of Famers. <laughs> Well, a little bit like we were talking, their defense is better than what they did. I did in, see a stat. They haven't given up, like, explosive plays at all. They're, they're pretty good at making teams grind it out. No, and, you know, again, there's the old adage of what we always talk about. There's some defenses in the bottom ten of football where I go, they're better than that. Their yeah. offenses suck, yeah. and they put their defenses just they, they wear down as the game goes along. Yep. Right, like the Giants. The Giants are 23rd in football. There's no fucking way the Giants are 23rd in football. The Jets are 24th in football. There's no fucking way they're the 24th best if you gave all the defensive coordinators in football and said you can pick any defensive personnel set you want, the Jets would be like top five on every defense. They'd all be yeah. like, me, me, I'll take the Jets, I'll take the Jets, right? But their offense was so shitty early on in the year, kind of the same thing. And, of course, they played some really good teams, too, that, that made life hard on that them. That would be kind of interesting to look at that and how many, uh, quote-unquote, bad defenses have also, quote-unquote, like bad, bad offenses, offenses, right? Yeah, like, I, I think there's a good amount of make that. An adjustment the Steelers for that. aren't the 30th best de- defense in football. They're better than that, too. But yeah. it goes the same thing, offense stinks and yeah hard, life is hard on them at times on that's, that side that's of the a ball. good way if i was 30th in the nfl i would want you to say 30th best <laughs> it's like out of all the football teams in the world we're in the top the 30. 30th best 30th best in the world is never bad oh wait there's only 32 the, the lions defense did not look like it was in the top 30 in the oh, nfl against the baltimore baby. ravens uh this sunday unfortunately we have to get to this game now uh the ravens yes they crushed my detroit lions 38 to 6 we were praising the the lions defense and the lions offense and neither one of them showed up to this game, which may be the hardest game they have on their schedule from here on out. Well, a tough matchup. Luckily. Yeah, luckily. A tough matchup. It's, it's, are they on average 32 points better than you guys? No, no. You know, I think it's like the planets aligned the right way. Like we kind of talked about on Sunday night. You had the Ravens scared going, wait, we're four and two and they're coming to town and they're good and we shouldn't be four and two. We should be five and one or six and oh, right? So they had that emotion. Your Lions are feeling themselves and everybody's talking about how legit they are and they match up with you guys. Some of the things that you guys usually put teams in such a bind with. The Ravens are like, man, this ain't much of a bind for us. We're okay in this department. Oh, their O-line's big and huge? Well, our D-line's bigger and huger. So we don't have to, like, again, compromise and worry about it so much. Mm -hmm. So that's where they had a little bit of advantage. And as we always talk about it, it's a matchup league. You know, again, it's not college football where it's just like, Georgia's better than everybody. doesn't matter who they play. You know, no, no. It's the NFL, the teams, the salary cap, the coaching, all that. There's certain teams that don't match up with other teams, and this one is is one of the tougher ones for you guys. Let's show you Jared Goff's maybe Achilles heel, similar to many quarterbacks out there. Jared Goff versus pressure this season. So when he is not pressured, he has the most yards in the NFL, and he has the best touchdown to interception ratio at 9-1. to When he does face pressure, all those numbers go down. In fact, his touchdowns to interception number is 2-3 to at that point, and averages just 5.8 yards per pass. And so this was, this was bad news. You just mentioned it. It's a matchup league. You said the Ravens defense is the best at this in the NFL. You like I did? <laughs> uh, they bring pressure, but how do they how do they hide know, that I, pressure? I to, how do they disguise that pressure? I know. I wanted to look at my exact quote. That's where I'm sitting here looking. But 
Yeah, wait, hold on. Where is it? Tell me where it is. Hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. So it's after it's 28 nothing. You say the oh, Ravens are there the best disguise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this point now. Go ahead. The I best totally disguise blitz team in, in the football. NFL. Yes, they are. <laughs> no. It's but, my point now. Way to go. Put it on, put it on Instagram. <laughs> um, yes, they, they are the best disguise team, the best blitz team in the NFL. Okay, sorry about that. Right? That's all right. They're, they're what the, made you? What made you write that at the time? They're the most creative defense I watch on a weekly basis. Where I just go, the way they disguise coverages. Sometimes they play coverages, and I'm like, wait, is this quarters or is it like a lazy cover three? They've kind of made it look the same. It's hard for the quarterback with your rules. You know, sometimes and you have certain plays where they go, hey, if it's cover three, we'd like you to work over here. Hey, if it's cover four, kind of work over here. As a quarterback, you're like. I'm not sure what the fuck I'm getting here, right? Mm-hmm. So then it messes with your clock, and all of a sudden you like find yourself going, wait, I'm kind of looking at both sides here because I'm not sure what I'm, where I'm supposed to be looking, right? So then that, and then their ability to expose pass protections or disguise the blitzes off of it are like out of this world good. They have the best defensive scheme in football, in my opinion. Mm. Okay, that that that's really where I'd go. And you know, I I I wrote a few examples down as far as time and time clock and all of that. But um, you know, big and physical up front, better at rushing the passer this year than before. And then they find ways to, you know, rush. It looks like it's a blitz and it's a four man rush because two blitz and two drop out. One blitz, one drops out. You know, oh, it is just a straight five man pressure this time. I mean, they mix it up and do an incredible job. And then within that, always have, yes, they can play man to man, but have great zone coverages behind it and really understand how to pass people off and play areas. And their breakdowns of where the offenses like to attack are phenomenal. And they have people dropping in those areas as good as anybody you. You see in football. Yeah, they were able to pressure Goff just really 32% of the time, so kind of right in line with what he's had this season, which is the fifth lowest rate in the NFL. But on those pressures, he was just 6 of 14, 47 yards, an interception, sacked five times on that too. And so, yeah, he was his brains were scrambled. They couldn't run the ball, and the play-action pass was not a thing early on in the football game, the first half of the football game. And I, you know, I'm sitting there going – wait, why aren't they play-actioning passing? Like, why wouldn't they want to come out and do that? And then I started to realize, I know what the reason is. Like, you can't, with some of these play-action passes and these creative blitzes they do, they're not going to be able to pick it up in play-action pass. Unless it's a really basic, like, hey, offensive line, actually pass protect, and we're just going to do a run fake with the quarterback and the running back. But they like to marry their play-action passes, like where they go like, hey, we're faking the pulling guard play, so we're going to pull the guard and make it look like that run play. Mm-hmm. But within that, you know, you got to be really schooled up and how to pass pro that, you know, when you got a guard pulling and it's pass protection and all that, right? Well, the Baltimore has so many different ways in which they line up and pressures. I think they looked at it and said, we can't do some of these because I can't tell which way they're coming and we're not going to be able to pick it up if they bring these two or three blitzes, right, to where if we pull the guard, we're going to be screwed over here if they bring this blitz that they like to bring on a consistent basis. So no run game, and then it became a drop-back pass game early on you know for for the Detroit Lions and yeah they don't they don't want to live in in that area you know especially not early on in the football game there were so many players on the defensive side that stood out and you noted in your notes here Michael Pierce nose tackle yes I mean 
first off, having like a second win to his career here. Gigantic, 350 pounds, right? Still moves good. You know, can has actual value, like better value now than I feel like he did like six years ago as far as pushing the pocket pocket on third downs, but he's immovable in the run game. Like we talked about with some of your Lions guys last week, right? These big stout guys, like he's bigger and stouter than they are. So you, know, you almost have to double team him to move him in the run game. Mm-hmm. And within that, he, he barely moves when you double team him. So yeah, it starts there, right in between the tackles with him being a mo- an immovable object that makes them tough. Justin Matabuke on the defensive line as well. It's it got a nice mixture there. There's another guy, again, strong as hell. One of the smaller D linemen they have on the field, like 305 or 300, 298, somewhere in there. But he's the one guy, too, that can kind of win with quickness. So, yeah, he's stout and good in the run game, but he's got an athletic ability of, you know, fucking the play up like we talk about at times and busting through when you go, oh, damn, he's in the backfield. Now the pulling guard ran into him and there's nowhere to go. You basically made notes about everyone at every level of this defense. So that was the front. And then even the linebackers jumped out to you. The linebackers are what makes the defense because they just they bring it to an, you know not only as a creative but now you got two kamikaze middle linebackers who are fast as hell they can cover they can accelerate so good that when they blitz it's like holy crap they're on us in a second they're the magic to this whole thing that they're, they're to me are the magic of the whole thing exactly right so they Patrick are. Queen Roquan Smith they can cover so many holes and they embolden them to bring some of these blitzes where they go hey they blitz we're not exactly sound over over here as far as gap to gap on this blitz but you guys when you see it you'll cover it up and get over there if they run the ball or do something over there so they they can embolden the defensive coordinator in that aspect and then with those big people up front you know they basically when they play five-man fronts it's just like whoa well there goes your five offensive linemen and now they're free to just be ball hawks and they're Roquan is the ultimate ball hawk, and Patrick Queen is playing really damn good off of him. And how about that guy in the secondary, Whoa. the safety, Kyle Hamilton, what's the former first-rounder that at times we were like, uh-oh, is he going to live up to the hype and expectations? He's, he's living. He's living. I mean, he's, he's awesome at everything. You know, He's great at coming down and stopping the run, tackling. But our guy, Sam Laporta, right, he's, that's, you notice him in those situations. They wanted to blitz and play man-to-man. They were like, we're fine with Kyle Hamilton on Laporta. You know, that's, he's kind of a tight end eraser that way. You know, that'll be interesting you know, if he ends up playing a Kansas City Chiefs and having to play a Kelsey because I think they'll feel comfortable matching him up there. But, yeah, his, his athletic ability, acceleration, and then to have that and have the length he has is very rare in the NFL, and it really makes them hard. So there's something you noted here, and maybe you've touched on this already yeah. within your breakdown, but you said you have to have all-purpose pass plays versus the Ravens. There's yeah. no way the quarterback is going to read the right coverage every play. Exactly what, right. What you, do you mean? You can't have the plays like kind of how I was talking before where it's like, hey, if they play too deep, we kind of want to work this side of the field. If they play one deep, we want to work the other side of the field, right? There's no way. It's just too hard. It's too complex with the blitzes and how they disguise coverages. And like I said, you know, sometimes you're like, wait, this is quarters. Oh, wait, no, it's kind of cover two. They are so good at kind of making it all look similar and what I call bastardizing it for the quarterback to where you're like, wait, is that, you know, like they'll make it look sometimes like a cover two safety. He'll kind of turn his body like, hey, I'm going to the single safety spot. 
but he's still playing cover two. But those are things a quarterback sees and goes, oh, he's going to the center field. But he kind of turns that way and then doesn't go, right? And kind of stays in his half. And then as soon as you kind of like take your eyes off him as a quarterback, yeah. he kind of gets back to cover two over there. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, I looked over here because I thought I was getting single safety. And now you're all flustered. Your clock's off. You might have missed the first read. Now you're late or early to the second read, whatever it may be. And what I mean by all-purpose plays is you got to have plays where you just go, hey, we're going to read it one to two to three to four. I don't give a shit what the coverage is. Don't worry about it. If one's open, throw it to him. If two's open, throw it to him. If screw trying to read the coverages against the Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens. The only time you can really tell what the coverage is is when they play man-to-man. And even within that, sometimes they're extremely hard and they do a good job of kind of disguising that as well. So this is good. This does make me feel better. I'm going to blame everything on this Lions game on just the Ravens being elite defensively and well, not even worry about the Lions having issues playing offense. You miss your game. running backs. Let's, let's, let's be real there. Montgomery. No Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs is a, definitely hurts you guys. Okay? Um, yeah. And then the other thing that Gibbs I'll, did play in the Gibbs played in this game. Yeah, he did play a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But but they they um, they miss Montgomery. I, I think he's they missed the reason. power element of yeah. all that. Yeah. The 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 other thing too, and you, we alluded to this last week too. You know, this is where I, I do think that they got to kind of expedite um, Jamison's William growth a little because there would be a game here where you know you you need somebody that can back them off, scare them a little bit more, mm-hmm. right? Uh, maybe make them rethink some of the coverages they want to play that way. Uh, you guys had a hard time for whatever reason. We know the blitzes and all that were good, but some of their stunts, like where I call TE stunts or ET stunts, depending on who goes in front of the other, uh, they did a really good job, and you guys had a hard time passing it off between your guards and tackles a lot of the times of the game. So even when they just rushed four, they were kind of like – around Goff and made him feel uncomfortable. That was definitely a big thing, like where he had people in his face early on in the game, it felt like just about every throw. Um, and I, I think that's about, you know, all the big points of the game. I just want to make sure. Um, I think, well, yeah. uh, let's let's flip it oh, over. Because, oh, and oh, the last thing, last oh, thing. Okay. You guys are usually amazing at picking up blitzes and sorting things out. We're right? great at it. Hank Fraley, I mean, what he does with the O-line and, you know, Dan Campbell's from Bill Parcell's school of coaching to where, yeah, they figure, hey, five guys, we can figure out how to pick up five, those five blitzers and our back will be there if they case they bring a six and they know how to sort it out. They're so creative and move things around so much that this was one of the first times I ever saw your team go, holy crap, we, we can't sort all this out. We can't tell who's coming yeah. all the way here, and it, and it ca- caused problems. Well, if you are a Ravens fan and never want this to end, you got you got good news, because it's not going to end as we flip over to the other side of the ball and take a look at Lamar Jackson and the show they put on offensively, and really, I mean, you were very effusive in the praise of what you saw from the film from the defense for the Ravens. I think you were almost just as effusive in your praise of what the Ravens can do offensively yes. in this one, and you think if they can stay healthy... They are going to be number what in the NFL by the end of the year? Uh, they're going to be a, a top three offense, top five offense for sure. Yes. I mean, I, I look at that and just go, they're, they're, they're starting to really get it together here in the right way. Where did I write that down? Where you know, the Ravens offense has everything schematically. Yes. They, and the players to go along with yes, it. Yes, they do. They got it all. I mean, and I think um, it's all coming together and they're healthy. That's the other thing, too. 
You know, the O-line's great. They're finally healthy. OBJ's healthy. Rashad Bateman's healthy. Mark Andrews is finally 100% healthy on that side of the ball. We got Zay Flowers, okay? Hopefully Gus Edwards and Justice Hill stay healthy, right? They got... um, you know, what was the, the damn running back Mitchell from East Carolina, who's another weapon that I would go, yeah, they got to start getting him the ball, right? Um, but, yeah, they got, they got everything. And the mm. system is as creative as I've ever seen it in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Ooh. I know Greg Roman, he did some good things. Don't get me wrong. You know I always was like, I wish they did a little more in the pass game. I think they do a lot more in the pass game now, and they're tying it all together better in a better way than I've ever seen. I said to say in the last few weeks, right, the Ravens, if when they were at their best, they look really good. This was the first time they put it together for a full game, but – the Ravens are one of the best teams in football. Don't get it mixed up. And I, you know, they're going to be one of the teams standing here at the end of the season. Let's take a closer look at exactly what Lamar did on a couple of these dots plays. Yeah. But this is yeah. an early answer we're going to get to uh, the Chris's AMA that we'll get to here in just a little bit, uh, which is what's one thing in the NFL that you cannot wrap your head around? Kimberly Washington said no team other than the Ravens wanted Lamar Jackson this offseason, um, which is not totally true. There were some other things that went into that, right, with the, what you had to pay in draft picks, but but yeah, a team could have blown the doors off the Ravens and taken Lamar Jackson, taken that chance, and probably maybe seeing him play this past week, teams are kicking themselves for not doing that. Uh, here's a couple of the dots plays, Chris. Yep. Uh, here's the rush touchdown against the Lions. Yeah, well, it, it, Ahmed, what we said last week about your Lions, remember? That they go all in on certain situations, right? You're either all in or you're all out. Yeah, they're all in. If it's third and four, they go all in on stopping the five-yard pass. If it's fourth and one, they're going all in on we're going to stop the run up the middle here, right? Now, I don't know why you would go all in on this play when you know it's Lamar Jackson and there's a chance you could keep the ball around the edge. Yeah. You know, I think you always have to be aware of that with Baltimore. But as you see right here, right? I mean, they motioned over the big the big fullback, um, 42, um, or Ricard, right? Patrick Ricard. And so now they're going, oh man, they got a lot of big people on the right side of the ball. They're going to run it right up the middle. We got to worry about that. And they overplay it to such a degree that there's nobody, no contain on the backside. And if you watch these dots here, like 79 Kaminsky, who goes after the ball the right way, he does it right. 31 Joseph is a free safety who's aware. To me, I think the guy that messes up here is your rookie is Campbell, right? The, the first-round pick. for See him, 46, oh, at the end yeah. of the line of scrimmage? Yeah. I think he's the one that needs to stay home to now where you would have had Campbell and 31 there to maybe stop Lamar, right? He had a lot of room and space there. It was going to be tough either way, but I think that was part of it, and that was still, I think, part of the themes of the game and one of the things we talked about. You know, the game started out with the Ravens and two tight ends, and you guys played it like, like you know, the forward pass wasn't invented yet. Like, you really... You, I mean, like literally, like you were like, man, there's two tight ends in the game and they got (laughs) 10 guys within, you know, eight yards of the line of scrimmage. And the Ravens, like I said, they got some guts where they just went, we're not going to let you play that way. That's not going to happen. We're we're fine throwing the ball and being aggressive if you want to give us those looks. And Lamar is throwing the ball as good as anybody in the NFL right now. Uh, He is amazing. And he's so patient. And so awesome in the pocket, like incredible in the pocket. 
You know, I don't think he's getting the credit he deserves for how good he works the pocket and slides and moves in the right places, throws sidearm throws when people are around him so he can get it through a window so his receiver can still get it. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal that so, way. So his work within the pocket, can you still see some things in that ridiculous nine-second touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar in the back of the end zone with that? Well, that's that to me like is is the perfect way to kind of just, you know – exemplify it right mm-hmm. is there he is okay and do we have dots are we going to show that play do we too? have dots of that beat i wasn't or sure no? if we did or not but either way that nine second pass play mm-hmm. yeah i mean first off aguilar is on the right running a short route like on the front part of the end zone okay so here it is here's the play Watch how it kind of goes, works here. Aguilar's in the slot to the right, just running a little slot out route. Go ahead. You can let it run, Pete, whenever you're ready. He, he drops back. Okay, here we go. And it's a four-man rush. He's got time. There's really nobody open, right? Still hangs in there, waits. And as he now pulls up, he's still looking downfield, hits Aguilar in the back of the, back of the, uh, back of the end zone. But just an incredible job of – Having that sixth sense that we talk about where he can like watch the rush and watch downfield at the same time. And that's because he's played so much football and that's because he's super talented. And then he throws a great ball in the back of the end zone. But I think, yeah, this just, this just shows you he wants to work the pocket and, and, and strike gold with his right arm. Mm-hmm. He's not looking to make a highlight run or do any of that. And, of course, because of the receivers and the answers he has in the past game this year, I think that's, they're going to be at their dangers when he plays that style of football. So I also mentioned on Sunday, how, and you mentioned it too, how they have some really interesting RPO pass plays where the Lions just totally sold out for stopping the run and right. they got gashed a couple of times. Yes, they did. Pete, can we show this other uh, dots play? Is our machine up and running? Is it working? Did we grease the wheels? Did we put some oil in there? So this is the 80-yard uh, catch and run to Gus Edwards. Now, this is – I don't know what to say of this play, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if this is a specific game plan play where it was a lot of bells and whistles, okay? And they knew that they were going to get this, and then they knew that Gus Edwards was going to be basically abandoned on the backside. Or if we could – well, when it replays here, Pete, I'm going to tell you to stop it. Or was it – I'm not sure if it was like he was really supposed to run a boot to the left here. Run fake. Go Look how all the receivers are going that way, right? They have a pulling guard going that way. Yeah. Right? So that's where they have a lot of these great – you know – play actions, RPOs, whatever you want to call about it through the game, right? Where I'm not sure there if that was, wait, the way they played it made me have to scramble to my right and I just found Gus Edwards? Or was it like all of that and we knew that they were going to be in a bind and Gus Edwards was going to slip out there to the right side? I'm not sure on that one. Lamar just run the wrong way. He didn't – so, and this is the other part that's hard to tell. And if we, we can maybe put up the dots one more time. After he gives the run fake, he goes to the left. Rewind it if you can, Pete, if you're allowed to on this thing. Oh, we're going to uh, see. All here. right, it doesn't matter. It's barely right, so work. We're, we're it, keeping this machine goes, barely. Oh, wow. But see, Good job, at Kristen. first, he kind of goes to the left because he's going to go there, but Campbell oh, shows Danny. up. So then he has to run to the right, right? And again, I don't know what to make of it if he just made a really smart play and it all worked out or. 
if it was just a, hey, we think we can screw them over with this right here and find Gus Edwards out the backside, and they're not going to have – you can either run it or – because 34 has to cover Gus Edwards yeah. alone, or, Gus, or he comes to get you, and now nobody's there to cover Gus Edwards. I'm not sure about that. But they had a lot of cool game plan plays throughout the game. So that's why I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for right now because uh, they, they did prove it to me you know, for the most part. They screwed over the Lions. We tried to screw over Gabby right there, but she was able to navigate oh, you that can't screw over Gabby. Well done, well no, no, done, no. Gabby. And you guys were compromised on that side of the ball, too. When we lose 38-6, don't call it you guys. Just call them the Lions. Okay, the I don't Lions want to take ownership were compromised. Of Your okay. front four had no chance of ever getting there. That would be the one thing, right? And that's probably going to be the thing to watch out for you guys. Do you guys have another pass rusher, right? And then this is a game, too, where... You know, again, I think they're all, you, you're you're scared to blitz a whole lot because their offense is starting to show explosive answers, and he knows where to go with the ball. And you guys don't want to play man to man. That's not the style of football you guys play. So they put you guys in some binds that way, and yeah. made you have to do some things that you did not want to do. I mean, look at this offensive line for the Ravens. You got Ronnie Stanley, six six three fifteen. John Simpson, six four three thirty. Linderbaum, six two three zero five. He's the light one. He's the of light the group. one. Yeah. Yeah. Zeitler. Go ahead. Let's six see. four three forty. Right. And then Morgan Moses, six six three twenty. They're gigantic. They're gigantic. They're gigantic. Exactly right. And yeah, the small guy's the center, which is what you want, because he needs to be explosive and move and do some other things that the other guys can. But they're maulers and they're gonna put people in a bind. And uh, like I said, if that group stays healthy, you know, like we saw in this game, you guys are pretty good at stopping the run and doing that. You couldn't get off blocks against them. They swallowed you up. Even though you guys are pretty big, they're bigger than you guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, between that and the way, you know, Lamar's throwing the football, you know, we'll go back that this Ravens offense stays healthy. It will be a top offense in the NFL. There is no question about it. So the Ravens are at the Arizona Cardinals. Good luck with that, Cardinals. And the Lions uh, versus Las Vegas. It's a get-right spot against the reeling Raiders, perhaps, for yeah. the Lions. Yeah, I, you know, you, you certainly are better than them. I would expect uh, last week kind of wakes you guys up and gives you the edge back that you need. And, uh, yeah, I would expect you to handle business against the, the Raiders. For I'm sure. glad we had that game. The Lions have one game left against a team that currently has a winning record. So that was our last tune-up for the playoffs. That's incredible. That really <laughs> Week is. Week 17 at Dallas. Wow. I mean, that really is unbelievable that, you know, it's about time. your Detroit Lions football teams, yeah, getting the breaks that they haven't necessarily time. got for the last it's 30 about years. Time. That's yeah, it's been sure. 30 years. It's been my whole life. Over four <laughs> years, it feels like. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, all right, we close the book on that deep dive section of uh, the pod, and now it's time to get into the bigger butt section of the pod. Oh, I like this section. <laughs> it is we that time. Lie. Big butts and we cannot lie. The big butt of the week. Oh. Time to give some love to these Ooh, big guys. Some it, touches. It's a couple sacks, forced <laughs> fumble. He's a butt-ting superstar. Give it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheek. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now. Defensive tackle, big butt of the week for week number seven. Pete was tweeting about this man on Twitter. I saw it. He said he got paid, and now he's even better. He's just love. He's like a proud father figure. (laughs) To Dexter Lawrence, sexy Dexy versus the Washington Commanders, the Giant. Gets his first big butt of the season. He was a three-time winner last season, so he was probably wondering what was going on. Yeah, seriously. He's going, I got all these cheeks, and I can't get this award. He led all defensive tackles with eight pressures, three sacks via PFF. And one of his sacks, they noted, uh, or I was looking on on Twitter for some of um, the comments about him, and one was a play where the Giants rushed four, the Commanders kept seven into block, and Sexy Dexy got Dominated. the sack. Yeah, that's the Giants. That's where they put you in a bind. You're always worried about the blitz, right? Like we've talked about with Wink Martindale, right? So they, you know, they do that to people a lot. They did it to Buffalo the week before. Oh no, they're going to blitz. Oh no, they're going to blitz. Let's keep seven or eight guys in the block, and then they all drop out, and you go, "Damn, we only got two guys running routes, and they got eight guys covering. We're in trouble." Yeah. Right. So they're phenomenal at that. And then when he's playing like that. And Leonard Williams next to him is playing damn good. And then it becomes, uh-oh, there's issues. And, of course, we know that Washington line is not good, and they seem to actually be getting worse here as of late. But this guy's a force of nature. He is – I'm so glad that people get to see some of these big guys and we give them some love in all of this because they don't always get the love. But, I mean, he was dominant in that football game the other day. Every time he looked up. You know, big sexy Dexy was a part of stopping a run or pushing somebody into Howell's face or, of course, getting the sack himself. And on the edge, really had no choice on this one. I don't think he did. Miles Garrett gets the win. He's the first player to take home multiple elephant butt trophies this season. He won one last season. He had the two sacks, the two forced fumbles. One was in the end zone for a touchdown. He had the block field goal. That was all in the first half. (laughs) Two, uh, six tackles. He led all edge players with eight defensive stops, according to PFF. He's everywhere. You, you mess it up for the offense. He, yeah, he's yeah. everywhere. I think, you know, you, you, you talk about the last two weeks, the performances there. You know, his value just goes way beyond just going, oh, he sacks the quarterback, right? When they needed the ball back on the last drive of the game, I mean, two of the three plays are Miles Garrett just going, no, you're not running the ball. I'm coming down the edge and, you know, up yours. I'm here and I'm going to make the tackle or ruin the play. And you're not going to be able to run the clock out of us and get a first down. He's amazing in all areas. And I feel like this year, 
you know, this is where we know he's great. He's always been great, right? He's going to the Hall of Fame. We know that. Schwartz has gotten something more out of him, Jim Schwartz. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we got to credit that a little too. Yeah, the defense is better. He's making them believe, you know, but I feel like he's maybe pressing the right b- buttons with big old number 95 too going like, hey, you've been awesome, but I think you could take over even more. You know, it just feels like he – has recognized moments all year long to go like, I got to take over right now. They need me at this second, right? This game's slipping away from us. I'm going to have to jump over and block the field goal here, yeah. right? There's an awareness there, I think, that he has right now to where, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 he seems like he's on the inside track for defensive MVP right Ooh, he's now. He's the co-favorite, I, according to the odds makers out there, him and Micah Parsons. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I feel like over the last three weeks, he's, you know, Micah's always great, too, and the stats don't tell the story. But I feel like he's maybe even overtaken Micah as far as quality of play. Special shout-out to the Jacksonville Jaguars version of Josh Allen, who had 10 pressures, according to PFF this week, leading all edge guys with those pressures but he does not win he finishes second i'll give him second place to miles garrett who takes home the big butt of the week award and there's sexy dexy the rears of both of those big uh, men nobody can mess with that rear of sexy dexy and damn he can drop a low for a big guy too and he can twerk drop yeah. a loaf drop what does a that low mean? drop a oh. low drop it low ahmed Come on, keep it clean over here. Jeez. I didn't know. I was like, I think I know what that means. I don't think that's what. Oh, drop drop it low. Drop Drop it low. low. Drop it low. Drop it low. Thank you. I'm going to pause here, cut that part out of the podcast, (laughs) pick it up right there. Okay, good. Uh, Real quick, so I forgot that you looked at this too. Yeah. Um, We have Miles Garrett is the Big Butt of the Week award winner. Now, I almost had hesitations giving it to him because I was like, how can you win the award and give up? What did they end up giving up? 38 points uh, in the game. Yeah. Um, so you took a deeper look at what happened here with yeah. this Browns defense that was on pace to be like Bears of the mid eighties, yeah, right. eighty five right. Bears. Um, so yeah, how did how did the Colts do this to the Browns? And is this something that could happen no. again to them? No, no, no. This is a one off. No. I, I mean, it's, it's going to be a very few off, and and even with that, I mean, the Browns have a little bit of a feel right now, almost like the twenty fifteen Broncos, where it's like. Yeah, you might have done some good things, but they're going to hit you and make a few plays and get the ball back from their offense where you just go, man, it almost feels like the defense can win some games by themselves right now with what Cleveland's doing. And again, I know they let up all those yards. There's no doubt about it. 456. 456, but strip sack fumble for a touchdown. Strip sack that set up other points. Block field goal that set up other points. Interception that set up other points, right? Their defense won them the football game still. You're not going to sit here. You look at their scoring drives. I mean, you read it out. They had the first drive of the game. The second drive of the game was five plays, 36 yards. Why? Because the defense gave them the ball there. The next drive was four plays, zero yards, 44-yard field goal. Why did that happen? Because the defense. Okay? You know, they recover a fumble in the end zone. Another seven points. Defense. You know, Hopkins, 54-yard field goal. It's a 34-yard drive, but it was all set up by field position. By? The defense, right? I mean, the whole game. The next field goal drive is 54 yards. It's a six-yard. It's a 54-yard field goal. That's four plays, six yards, three points. Why? Because the defense. I mean, the whole game was still every point they have, other than the last drive of the game, was almost. And the first and last drive of the game were the only really sustained offensive drives of the day. You know, but here's the thing: their defense is awesome. All that, all, all like no doubt, we got mm-hmm. that. They made plays. They had issues. They had issues. 
Shane Steichen is awesome. I mean, he's awesome. You know, when I last week when I said Shanahan, McDaniel, and Ben Johnson, I think stand and you know stand apart as the three best OCs. You know, maybe you put Andy Reid in there too, right? I think Shane Steichen. I should have thrown his name in there. Hmm. The the problems he poses, the way he understands, the way he packages plays. The first thing I noticed about the football game is that he wasn't going to get in the condensed formations the 49ers did. He watched that game and said, "Screw that." We're going to put all these crazy fuckers right here in between the tackles so they can run around and just create chaos. He said, we're going to spread it out a little bit so we can see them a little bit. They can't disguise things. They can't be quite as crazy with everybody in the moving parts. That was the first thing that jumped out to me about what he did in the football game. Yeah, well coached in the run game. You say they have a ton of variety in the run game. The spacing um, was good. They have the patience to continue to do that. That was the big thing. When you play, the, the, the Browns have gotten to the point of when you play them, it's almost like the Cowboys. The first thing you have to tell your offense is don't let their defense align win the game for them, right? You almost have to, you have to as a play caller, go, wait. I want to call this play, but this could end up in them strip sacking or something bad here. Let me run the ball here. Let me do that, right? You have to be cognizant of that. They can, like I just said, win the game by themselves. So that's where Steichen was awesome. He was like, I'm not going to let this become Gardner Minshew drops back 42 times because he knew if that happens, bad shit's going to happen. He's going to get strip sacked. He's going to get hit wide throws. It's going to be interceptions, and it's going to be a disaster of a day. So he was almost absurdly impatient with the run game, you know, but at the same time, it was working. It was not letting them just tee off. And then they have an extremely creative run game. They really do. They do some stuff that is so cool. It's a little different than Shanahan and McDaniel, but it's still every bit as effective, maybe just not quite as flashy as them, like pre-snap with all the movements and stuff like that. That's interesting. So if you're, if you're going against the Browns, don't draw back pass. RPO, try to run the ball. Right. RPO, run the ball, be conservative. I mean, obviously, you know you're going to have to drop back and pass in third down situations, but even with that, you got to be careful, right? And he was, too, with that, too. Just, you know, always wide receiver screens, running, had a great running back screen game plan, right? So he, he really kept Cleveland off kilter, and he took advantage of Cleveland's over-aggressiveness in the run game a few times where, you know, just – uh, without getting too in the weeds, and I know I wrote a few plays down in the notes where you know they're just like things you wouldn't think of, where they were like, "Hey, we know this middle linebacker is going to fill the a gap so fast that let's use it against them." So what they would do is like, so when they do that, the D tackles get a little wider because they know the linebacker is going to run through there. So now the interior lineman blocked the D tackles, and they basically trap blocked the linebacker going, wait, here's the hole. And like we always talk about it, like when they see a hole, they run through it in an aggressive defense. So he's running through it like, hey, I'm going to kill this guy. Look at the hole. And all of a sudden they trap block him with like the tight end that's off the ball. He gets killed. He thinks he's setting up to make a tackle for a loss. And all of a sudden Jonathan Taylor's running through the middle for 15 yards you know just lots of things like that that were extremely impressive let alone you know had some read option rpos that really so they they spread them out they're worried about the traditional run game they're doing that and then it's wait gardner keeps the ball around the edge and the two receivers on that side are running a little route so he wants to run but if they overcommit to him then he just dumps it off to Hmm. one of the receivers when he ran for his first touchdown that's what it was it was a read option rpo it's both they want him to keep the ball but if somebody comes up and there's somebody open boom 
you could throw the football. He keeps it, runs for a touchdown. They had a number of wrinkles like that in the football game altogether. So this is less about, you know, oh, red flags for the Browns defense. Maybe they weren't as good as we thought. And this is more an appreciation segment on the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm looking at their their schedule here as we go through. They're 3-4 and four right now. They're coming off back-to-back losses, Jaguars, now Browns. But they got the Saints, Panthers, Patriots, Bucks, yes. Titans. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be in this thing they till the end. They are going to be in this thing in the end. You know, defense is solid. Maybe not as good as I thought it was going to be. But he's a hell of a coach. And, you know, you look at them and you go, they got a good O-line. They're playing way better than last year. They got two good blocking tight ends who can also catch the ball pretty good. They got two really good running backs, right? They got two receivers in Pierce and Pittman who are good and also really block in the run game. Like, like as good as any receivers you're going to find in football, right? So within that, they have a lot of versatility within their scheme. And like we talked about with the Eagles last year or whatever, they just got checks and balances and a zig for every zag. And, oh, you stop this? Well, we got this. So you can't always overplay to stop this. They always have something. And that's where he's really special, let alone just like – good game plan plays and understanding how to stress defenses out like we talk about you know what the what the good quarterback or good uh, offensive coordinators do so the browns still win though the colts losing this one the browns are at seattle uh the colts against the saints as i mentioned here uh saints off a little bit of extra rest maybe they've had extra time to look at shane steichen's scheme here and get a game plan but those are the two games for those teams coming up do you have one more thing i you don't want to think say? i do i think that pretty I, much covered I, it. I think i did i think i covered it the right way i think we did it we did it right i, I you know it's it's just still a, a really good job that's the yep. big thing that defense is awesome they're awesome. The Browns still awesome. They were. And the Colts, the patience with the run, the boot passes, the, you know, you know, uh, the screens back to the running back. You know, they never let the drop back pass game be a normal part of their offense. There was very few plays. And when they did have those plays, I felt like they kind of like, wait, we got something that's going to screw them over here to where you won't have to hold the ball a long time. Really good job by them. And uh, yeah, like you said, they're going to be in this thing for a while. I'm interested to see this. DraftKings has the AFC North winner odds right now. Yeah. And according to DraftKings, the Ravens are still the favorite. They're 5-2. and two. They're plus 105. The Browns' second choice at plus 300. The Steelers with the same 4-2 and two record as the Browns at plus 500. And the Bengals at plus 500 at 3-3. Three and three. That's interesting. I think that... Would you say that the Ravens are a cut above yes. those other three teams? Yes. Yes. I mean, the Ravens, to me, are the only ones right now that I go are elite on both sides of the ball mm. in, that, in that conference. Interesting. Right, Cincinnati has the chance to do that. You know, Cleveland also gets Deshaun Watson going and get him going and playing the way he is. They have the potential, too. But, you know, it's, it's an incredible division. But, yes, you know, the Ravens are, for my money, I, I look at them and go – they're one of the three or four best teams in football, right? You know, like last week, you know, we talked about the NFC teams and your Lions being up there in that upper echelon there. I think if you just put the whole league together, you know, I'm, I'm still, of course, not getting off the 49ers. We know the Eagles are, you know, the kings of the NFC. Uh, the Chiefs, of course, are right up there. But Baltimore would be the team that I would put up there right next. That would be the team right up there with them. Yeah, there's no weakness on their team that I look at right, right. now. 
Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. You can download the app, use the promo code UNBUTTONED when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the, the crown is yours. Again, so good at that so Man, far. And we are good. Uh, okay, so uh, the final uh, final few minutes here. We have gone longer with our, with our deep dives, as we always do, and as I knew we, we do. would do. Well, um, I mean, you don't ever know how deep the dive has to go true, down. You right? never know. Like, how, how deep I is mean, this I mean, there's ocean? a few things here where I'm like, so I hope I hit it all, but you I did. hope I did. Okay. All right, good. Our question of the week, our Ask Me Anything to the Homies, what is one NFL thing that you could just not wrap your head around? We got over 200 responses to your Twitter question on this one. Thank Pete you, homies. narrowed it down to 100, which were not about <laughs> we'll the officiating. We'll be here for an hour. Which are not about the officiating or using old men and a metal chain to measure a first down. Yeah, we did have a few of those. I saw that, too. They're like, why do we still use the chains for the first down? Isn't there better technology out there well, now? Well, I mean, I think they're probably specifically talking to one of the most unbelievable things of last week that's kind of getting overlooked. Hmm. The Steelers got a first down where they didn't get back to the line of scrimmage. Did you see how they closed the game out against the Rams with the quarterback sneak? Yeah. I don't know what anybody at 345 Park Avenue is looking at. I watched that play on film last night while I was at my son's practice. They didn't get to the line of scrimmage, and they gave them a first down to win the football game. Is that, I mean, that's where it's like, wait, we, you have to get to the yellow line to get to the first down. Yeah. The blue line was the line of scrimmage. He didn't get to the blue line, right? Even on TV when you watch it. You watch it in film, you go, he did not get back to where the ball was snapped from, and they gave him the first down. So, yeah, there's issues with that. The NFL is being cheap in that department. Like, up your game, you know. Tennis doesn't make as much money as the NFL. They seem to have figured it out. How come they can and we can't? Um, yeah, I, I, and McVay did not have a challenge. No. Because he had used all well, his timeouts. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. was that outside the two-minute warning? It was. It was. Yeah, that's, it that's, was. That's, so that's, that's one of those things where it's yeah. like they say to you use your timeouts careful. before the two-minute warning. Yeah, but you have that's to one reason it. maybe to keep one of them. Mm-hmm. Until after the two minute warning. That's a really good point by you. Really good I think point. That, yeah, thank you. I thought that was one of my yeah, better points of the podcast. Thank you to contribute to the podcast, finally. Uh, an you. hour and 20 minutes <laughs> in. Uh, this one comes from Lockdown Cornerback, a weekly contributor, it seems oh, like, to the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. Uh, he says, Why does Buffalo not involve Deontay Hardy more? An actual, sp- uh, an actual speed speed twitch guy that barely is on the field when he has been he looks like what they're missing a hundred percent hey at lockdown cb you're my mofo right there that's the right question you've obviously been listening right he listens to the podcast he realizes like wait it's a team that misses guys that can do something after the catch or whatever he's one of the few guys that can do it every week i sit in the screening room watching him and i go they got to get this guy the ball more. He's the only guy that can catch a ball and then do something after the catch other than digs at the receiver position. So, yes, I would love to see that. I think that point is very real. Why can't they get him more wide receiver screens, speed sweeps, whatever else, right? Let him work the slot. Find ways to get him the ball running. He's dangerous. He's the, yes, one of the few guys they have that. I think that's a great point, and um, I think we got to keep you know banging the table that so the Bills maybe do it. Spent his first four years with the New Orleans Saints. His first year in Buffalo this year has just 13 catches, 103 yards on the season so far. Matthew Takas says, 
why Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien don't involve DeMario Pop Douglas more in my Pats offense. He's the one dude that provides natural separation in his routes to provide us some extra creativity in our offense. So a similar question, just a different team and a different player. Exactly right. And he's spot on. And, you know, again, you know, you got to have some of these guys, right? And these are some homies that are realizing it. They must listen. Like, it can't always just be the coach calls the perfect play and the quarterback makes the perfect throw and do that. You got to have some guys that can help you and do some, make some plays after the catch. Without a doubt, he was the difference in the football game. You know, big receptions, screens, punt returns, reverses, or maybe they were the little shovel passes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's sometimes I forget. I look down and I go, wait, was he got a rushing attempt in the game? And I go, oh, wait, that was the one where they just, you know, barely threw it in front of the quarterback and he. He takes it that way. He, without a doubt, is the guy that they need to focus that offense on more. Coming Same up, type yeah. of thing, right? You know, it's 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 the offense is not super creative. They got bigger type receivers. He's the only jitterbug, rocket up his ass type of guy that can make some things happen. You know, after he has the ball in his hands. Sixth round pick out of Liberty. Yeah, he probably is coming off his best he, game. Yeah, he was banged up early in the year, right? I, I I feel like I'm you know he missed the game against Las Vegas, right? And I don't think he was totally healthy early on in the year he was um, playing but maybe not but, but i think yeah. yeah i think this is uh, last week is it's probably time. the coming out party and they realize that got a question on the 49ers defense john w randolph says missing miko ryan's like crazy kyle shanahan was pissed post game not sure if steve wilkes is following the blueprint of the d like he said he would upon his hire and this takes us to inside the numbers powered by aws and so what he is referring to is at the end of the first half on our monday night game they were just, uh, what, like 16? 16 seconds, no timeouts. I mean, this is the worst call in football this year. By far. By far. It's, the, it's, it's 10-7. You feel like, wait, the Niners got momentum here. They're going to go into halftime. What, what are you getting out of this play? It, A sack? It makes no sense. No. Why would you roll the dice there at all? Okay. Why? I mean, why even invite the possibility? Forget the route that they threw, and yes, yes they could have intercepted it, but there you go, and it's a 50-50 ball. It's can 50 go not your way. What could he have been thinking? I there? really don't understand it to the slightest bit. I, I have no idea. There's no way Kyle Shanahan you know, could have been happy about that call. You know, even like if he throws a slant route, you just go, wait, if my guy doesn't make the tackle, he's gone for a touchdown. Why would we risk it? What was to be gained there other than meatheadedness of like just going, we're tough and we hit your quarterback one more time? It was the first seven-man pass rush in the last 30 seconds of a half in opposing territory since week 11 of 2020. <laughs> it's, it's astounding. That's, you don't do that. You don't do that, especially in that situation with a team with no timeouts. Yeah, it was totally the wrong call, and and really one of the biggest reasons they lost the football game, because there they go in the half down by nine, and they should have been going down by three mm-hmm. and feeling good about themselves. Instead, you go in deflated, and you know now you're you're playing catch up ball, but made no sense. But now on top of that, what I do want to add too is O'Connell. Another guy we need to add into the conversation with the guys we just talked Ooh, about. Okay. He needs to be in that category. 
It might not be quite as sexy with the pre-snap motions and all that, but his understanding of and tying the plays together and then the understanding of coverages and the nuances of how they run routes against certain coverages to make sure that it makes it harder on them, right? You know, not every route's the same against cover three as it is cover four. You teach your guys like, hey, they run this coverage. We want to do it like this. They're all over it with all of those things, like out of this world. And they had an understanding of the 49ers scheme as good as anybody I've seen in football since the Chiefs put up 45 last year. Mm. You know, the 49ers, we've talked about it. They like to zone everything off and pass it off. If you're smart, you can find ways to stress that out in the right way. The first touchdown to Mario Addison, he runs the, the deep cross post down the middle on, yeah. on Dre Greenlaw. It was man-to-man on the backside. They knew that. They had a little three-man bunch combination where they kind of spread it out and they went, oh, right, if we do this the right way, we can kind of – they had five, five zone defenders playing three receivers. But the way they kind of spread them out with their bunch crisscrossing and all that, then they got Addison one-on-one with Dre Greenlaw in an area. Right. And, of course, that's an advantage for J- J- you know, Jordan, Jordan Addison. Addison. Yeah. Sorry, I say Mario? I keep saying Mario. Yeah, he was um, a defensive end, uh, I played know. his college ball at Troy, right. uh, played for the Carolina Panthers <laughs> I keep, and the Bills. I keep doing that. I know. Sorry. Uh, yes, but Jordan Addison. Addison then gets one-on-one, but there was so many plays like that through the night where they knew how the 49ers were going to defend certain situations or plays, and Cousins got them to the right play in the line of scrimmage, and they stressed out that 49ers D as good as anybody. I think Wilkes is still getting used to that well, style yes. of play. It's not the Steve Wilkes defense. It's the Kyle Shanahan 49er defense. They have to come in there and learn what they do. Yeah. That's how they do it there. And I think he's still probably tinkering and learning as he goes here. And they've a done a very good job At so course, far this exactly year, too. Right. I mean, they just had a, a brain fart. But uh, other than that, it's just like they've, they've still been top really, five really good. in a lot of other categories. Exactly right. That was Inside the Numbers, powered by AWS. Let's stick with the 49ers here. Jared Kearns says, I'm trying to understand why it seems that the 49ers run substantially less pre-snap motion without Debo. There are plenty of studs and speed other than Debo. Can you quantify and explain? Debo's special. I don't know if I can quantify and explain. It's, it's, a, it's a valid point. I mean, it, it, does, it did seem less you know, last week as compared, yeah. you know, to, to other games. Pete's looked at the numbers on PFF. It's not a huge difference. Okay. You know, it's pretty similar. Okay, yeah. So, so Maybe it just appears to Well, it Jared. appears, and I think what you see, too, is you just notice it more with Debo because you're going, when he goes in motion, you're like, something's about to happen. They're going to throw the pass to him. They're going to give him the ball in the reverse, right? They're going to give him the shovel pass. So I think it's a little bit of that. I do think maybe the last two defenses they played as well probably had something to do that. Well, mm-hmm. with just all the things they do on the defensive side of the ball, maybe you don't want to be as crazy shifting and motion. You know, maybe he was worried about like we want to see the picture a little bit. Our O line, the quarterback. I don't know, but yeah, you know, again, he's special. Not everybody can do what he can do. You know, I know Brandon Ayuk's good. He ain't Debo Samuel. He can't accelerate in two steps like Debo Samuel. He can't cut on a dime like a running back like Debo Samuel can. Right. You know, that's where he's special. He can't take the contact Debo Samuel can at the second level with linebackers and safeties. That's why he gets hurt a little bit because he thinks he's a bulldozer. Um, but, 
Yeah, I, I would think that's probably the reason. And, and, and again, too, Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel, they're the few, the few people in football who can run full-speed motion and then also run a full-speed route, and you're like, there isn't gather steps, right? Yep. They're rare that way, and that's probably another reason they weren't motioning quite the same way. Yeah, one thing to look at with Brock Purdy, too, he has certainly missed Debo Samuel. Uh, Next Gen Stats pointed something out. He generated a league-high 41.5 EPA, which is expected points added, yeah. on passes targeting the intermediate area of the field over his first five games, but the last two games, as we take a look at the uh, the numbers and the pass chart, the last two games he has lost 6.5 EPA on those intermediate passes. Well, I think we, we hit on it in Cleveland, and I didn't watch – I only watched the 49ers – defense versus the Vikings offense. I didn't get around to the mm-hmm. other side of the ball yesterday. Um, but just watching, of course, it was a standalone game, so I feel like I get to see a lot. Flores, like Schwartz, they realize where Shanahan likes to throw the football, and they like to stress you, hey, they want to run the ball, they want to run the ball, they want to fake the run, and you're so worried about it at the second level, boom, they throw those little pop passes right over the middle, and Debo's running with his hair on fire at full speed, and all of a sudden he runs through an arm tackle, and we're like, oh my gosh, he almost broke it all. It was a 20-yard gain, right? I mean, yep. that's what they do. Brian Flores and company, and, the, and, Brian, and, and Jim Schwartz, two weeks in a row, they were like, wait, 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 we're going to make you throw the ball down the field a little bit, outside over here a little bit. Right? We're not going to just let you gash it. So they had people in the middle of the field, fake blitzes, drop out, you know, actually do blitz, whatever. But they were both defenses I felt very cognizant of in between the hashes playing Shanahan, which yeah. I think is the right approach against them. All right, let's do one more because yeah. you have a meeting with the big boss, man. I don't want to keep him waiting, right? This is like, uh, this <laughs> well, I'll just tell like him bad. it was your fault. And yeah. He'll fire That's you. That's exactly instead. why I don't want to keep him waiting. All right, this one comes from Sylvester Jaime. says, yeah. I feel like Justin Herbert lost confidence in himself he's been playing bad ball this season doesn't trust his rookie wide receivers and they're trying to get uh and they've been trying to get open he's had three different ocs since coming into the league so what have you seen from justin herbert as his confidence shot i don't think his confidence shot. i do think he's not throwing the ball as well as he can right he has missed some throws uh that you'd go wow he usually just slam dunks that right in there that's not even a problem so i think he might be going through a little lull there right I don't look at their offense and go wow creative all right again they're not that good at running the football and my other thing too with them is they have no separation receivers you know Keenan Allen's Mm -hmm. good don't get me wrong but they have nobody that you go oh wow he's gonna run by everybody is a hey put it on his back shoulder put it high and away he'll get it you know even if he's covered he's not covered they don't have anybody that you really look at to go oh yeah he's gonna leave this guy in the dust and create five yard separation you know, so I think that lends him to being careful at times, and, and that's an issue as well. Right. Um, so I, th- I think that's the big thing there. And they're just out of sort as a football team. And then, of course, the, micro- the, the microscope's on them even more because their defense stinks. So we're always just like, well, Herbert has to make a big throw here. He's got to make another big play here. And, yeah, he's not been on his 100% A game. All right, I don't want. Hit, let's hit the Travis Kelsey one real quick. All right, all let's right. Do that you, one. Are you sure you're not going to get fired, or well, you're not going to get I'll me just, fired? I'll just they'll 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 understand. It's not like we're sitting here like you know, you know just like drinking beers and like ah oh, screw the boss. I mean, we're doing a show that's for Peacock here. <laughs> I mean, you did just say screw the boss just on the, on microphone. Um, okay, all right. One more Travis Kelsey because we did get a few questions about him and teams guarding him. Craig Robinson goes Chargers let Kelsey run free. Hey, why not guard that guy? And then greatness. Calls Calls adds to it, says, why does no one spy Mahomes? If you're worried 
only worried about 87. Double him. Rush four. Spy 15. That's seven guys. If MVS beats you, oh well. But I can never understand letting 87 beat you. So multiple homies want to know, how can you let Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes beat you like this? Well, it's it's easier said than done. Sure. All right. Yeah. So um, yes. Um, hold on. Uh-oh. Uh, what did the boss? I got Okay, we do need I to cut come. it short. Apparently, no, we're not. We got to keep it real here. Here we go. Uh, just finishing pod. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna find out by the end of this pod if if uh, Chris's boss will uh, will allow this to happen. But but. Travis Kelsey, first off, you just said, well, what if they send all five guys out now? Now you don't even have five guys to cover. You got seven guys. You got four men, four man rush. Yeah. You got two guys covering Kelsey, and you got one guy spying Mahomes. You There's need- five eligible. So yeah. now you're one short right away. So the first answer is they're going to free release, and you're not going to have enough to cover. Right? Yeah. Right? So, okay. So, yeah, you're right. Kelsey is, so you still have one guy each. He's right. I missed, missed in my yeah. math there. I, I think, yeah. So put 13 guys on the field. You're right. You're right. You're right. So you got them there. But the way they call plays and all that, it's going to be too hard. First off, Mahomes is special. And now you're going to leave. Yeah. With some of these deep crossing routes and the way they have formations and movements and all that. Like, I don't care who it is. MVS, Watson, some of the other guys, when they're running a 30 yard crossing route versus man to man. And if they get the right leverage, they're going to be open and he's going to hit them. So it's just easier said than done when you talk about it, let alone, I don't think people realize how much Kelsey is doubled a lot of the times. And then Mahomes buys so much time that the double can't even hold up all the time. So that's the other issue that they have with it. And doubling a tight end can be hard. Okay. It can be hard because they, they work the middle of the field. It's, you know, they motion them to one side and another side. All of a sudden, it can change totally different rules or whatever else, or you can be exposed in the run game because of certain things. So that's where they are. you got to be tactical. You can't do it every play with them. And I think it's really what they call the rest of the patterns along with it that scare teams from going above and beyond in that doubling Kelsey thing because they right. go, this is still Mahomes, and he's still, if we do this, is going to hit people – like we saw Valdez Scantling, you know, the other day, wide open down the field for huge gains. I think there are some people at a certain point that are like, we just want to see it, right? We just want to see Travis Kelsey get shut down. And, and actually, it, it seems like that because he's gone for 124 yards and 179 yards his last two games. But against Jacksonville, four catches, 26 yards. You know, so it, it does. It does still happen. It does happen. It does, and you know, everybody does it their own little different way, and not everybody's scheme can handle it the right way. And, yeah. You know, they're also very good at, you know, putting him in spots where you think about it and you go, "Ooh, man, if we double them and they run this formation with this play, we're going to be in real trouble in some other areas." They're 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 cognizant of that as well, and not, and not letting you do that too often. All right, let's get you out of here. You're going to get me fired at this point. Are we All right, save everybody. The, the top wide receiver talk for next time all right we'll talk about that next time i'm sure everybody is very happy about that okay good there we were, there good, were comments. good comments right. but i actually i i did see a lot that were like yep no complaints with this all right that's good to hear that's good to hear all right everybody i hope you enjoyed the podcast the deep dive the what the fuck happened the pg-13 treasure ha- treasure hunters <laughs> edition ahmed as always thanks for driving the ship you yep, the man of course. Uh, much appreciated homies thanks for the questions and we're, we're going to try to deep, do this every week I think a little bit to where we hit a few from you guys and we can really unpack this whole thing hope everybody's good enjoy the rest of the week enjoy Thursday night football PFTPM Chris Sims on button picks podcast tomorrow Thursday be good 
Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.